Welcome aboard Flight 1969, service to Jet Nation Radio. Look at what a leader this guy is. Bolt is fighting for his job this year. This is what quarterbacks are made of. Doug Middleton, get a 50-yard onside kick. How stupid can you possibly be making that much money? Folks, grab a snack. Let's go to eat a goddamn snack. And join Joe Blewett and Glenn Naughton for Jet Nation Radio. This is Glenn Naughton. I will be flying solo tonight. As many of our regular listeners know, Joe is uh, Joe is is a a brand new attendee of the uh, one of the the many police academies in the state of New Jersey, and uh, this is week one for him. And apparently, uh, they've 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 heaped a boatload of what I am sure is nothing but highly useful information on him. He's got a lot of work to do. So he will not be able to take part tonight, unfortunately. It will be only myself. Uh, We'll probably do a shorter version of the show, obviously, at this point in the offseason. And, yeah, the Super Bowl is coming. But let's face it, unless you like the Eagles or or the the Patriots, this is the offseason. Not a lot of film to review. This will not be a video version. And let's face it, anytime Jets fans don't have to look at my face, that is a win-win situation. Audio only for those of you listening. For those of you looking forward to watching some uh, some some game clips, I apologize, but it'll just be myself. Um, any callers who want to call in, uh, please feel free to do so. You can get us at 646-716-4697. However, I do realize that we rarely do the show live uh, nowadays. So there may not be people expecting to be able to call in. Um, if so, that's that's absolutely fine. Happy to do an hour or so talking some Jets football, some some news today in the league that doesn't affect the Jets directly. But as as many of us know, and any Jets fan who's been following the the Twitter sphere and keeping up with the goings on, we all know now that the Washington Redskins. Um, made a trade today. They acquired quarterback Alex Smith from the Kansas City Chiefs, clearing the way for for uh, Pat Mahomes to take over as the quarterback in Kansas City. Last year's first round pick, and moving Alex Smith to the to the Redskins, where they clearly feel that the Kirk Cousins situation was not going to work itself out. I think for anyone who was paying attention to this negotiation, this situation, it was clear to me, that the Redskins were going to have to move on. I mean, of course, you can't rule anything out. You know, nobody knows 100% what's going to happen. But I think it was fairly obvious to, to many of us when when the Redskins themselves said last offseason that they offered Kirk Cousins over $50 million in guaranteed money. When Kirk Cousins didn't sign that deal, that was a pretty good indicator that he he didn't have any interest in being in, being in Washington. So he wanted to play out this last season, and if their skins were going to tag him at $34 million this year, so be it. But I think he was gambling on them not doing that. So he's leaving there now, um, or he will be in the in somewhere in the next six, seven, eight weeks. And, of course, listen, the, the Jets fans want him, at least most Jets fans. Uh, from, from what I've seen on Twitter, from the, the various polls, that have been put out by, you know, multiple different reporters, beat writers, bloggers, fans. The the majority of Jets fans seem to be in favor of signing Kirk Cousins. I, being one of them myself, I completely agree. I think that you take, you know, and I've, I've said it a million times, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you take the proven commodity over the unknown, which is what these draft picks are. This does not mean I, I don't want a draft pick, that I don't want a quarterback at six. If the Jets can't land Kirk Cousins, obviously a draft pick is your next best option. But um, somebody somebody tweeted out not long ago saying that, uh, and I forget who it was, I apologize, uh, they were making the analogy. They said that uh, fans, Jets fans who are in favor of, of signing Kirk Cousins are, are the same fans that would rather eat at Olive Garden because they know what they're getting instead of trying a local place that might be a little bit better. 
And my reply to that was, what if you've eaten at 40, what if you've eaten at nothing but local places for the last 40 years and every single one of them gives you food poisoning? And that's basically what this Jets quarterback situation has been. It's been sickening. There's not a Jets fan alive that's happy with the way this quarterback situation has been handled for the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. You know, uh, some of us have been around, some of us have been on board longer than others. For me, myself, you know, a fan of 30 years, and, you know, I've seen the Ken O'Briens, the Brooks Bollingers, the Kellen Clemens, the Geno Smiths, the Mark Sanchez, you know, Jay Fiedler, the list goes on and on. The number of failed quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, it's, you know, enough is enough with these. We either get these draft busts or we get these guys that are on their last legs, be it a Brett Favre or a Ryan Fitzpatrick, these guys that have a year or two left in the league. This is a unique situation, a unique opportunity for the Jets to pursue a 30-year-old quarterback who's still got five, six, seven years of quality football left in him and an opportunity to sign a guy who, who can give them some, some you know, quality play, uh, a guy that you can rely on for years to come. Um, there are some people who say, you know, this isn't the right way to go. We don't need another quick fix. I, I fail to see how a quarterback who can give you five to seven years of quality play is a quick fix. Brett Favre is a quick fix. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a quick fix. You know, any quarterback who you know is realistically done in the next one to three years is a quick fix. When you get a guy that you can build around for the next five, six, seven years, that's not a quick fix. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. It's not as if these opportunities present themselves very often. I've said it several times to people who tell me that, you know, this is the thing, this is the reason why the Jets don't succeed. They always do the same thing. And my reply to that is, when was the last time they signed a 30-year-old quarterback in his prime as a free agent? It just hasn't happened. They brought some bums in. Yeah, we, we've had to deal with Neil O'Donnell at quarterback, who was the guy who got overpaid because, you know, his team carried him to a Super Bowl the previous year. And we've had the Favs and the, and the Fitzes and, and guys like that who are at the end of their rope. And this isn't a thing that the Jets have done, not in my lifetime as a fan. I don't know about, you know, for those of you listening, I don't know how many years, you know, everyone's been following. For, for me, it's been 30, 31 years. You know, I'm 42 years old. I started following this team when I was 11. So I'm, I'm on year 31. So I've seen enough bad quarterback play, and I've seen them fail to identify a quarterback in the draft. And this isn't even about, you know, the more, the more you watch what goes on in this league, the more you watch teams, and you know, whether it's teams that you respect and they're well-run, or teams that are the perennial doormats, or teams that are just kind of middle of the road. You see it all the time. The, the quarterbacks, they, they, and we know this, they fail far more, often, far more often than they succeed. And when a team hits on one, you stick with that guy, and, and he's your guy for, for 10 years, for 15 years, whether it's Phillip Rivers or Eli Manning or Ben Roethlisberger or you know, uh, you know, or Brady up in New England. These guys, when you get your guy, you're good for a while. Now, you know, that's the one downside to Kirk Cousins is that he's not 23 years old. He's 30. But you know what? Based on what Jets fans have, been, have had to put up with over the last 30, 40 years, I would take five, six, seven years of very good quarterback play over another crapshoot, another, another scratch-off lottery ticket. What happens, th- this team right now is sitting on three draft picks in the top 50, okay, and almost $100 million in salary cap space. What happens, Jets fans? Let, let, let's say you're one of these fans. I'm not, I'm not even saying you're wrong if you want a draft pick over Kirk Cousins. I disagree, but that's, I'm not necessarily saying you're wrong to want that. But let's say you get Baker Mayfield, or let's say miraculously Josh Rosen falls to you. And then you use those two second-round picks on a center or an, an O-line or a left tackle or, or you get yourself a dynamic receiver or you get a corner, you know, and you build around this guy. You build around this first-round pick that you take at number six overall. And let's say you go out and you spend another $40, 50000000 million in free agency. You shore up the O-line. You get a left guard, and you let James Carpenter go coming off of a bad year. And you get a good receiver you know, to pair with Robbie Anderson if he's still around. Jermaine Curse, you know, and you continue to develop Hanson and, and, and Ardarius Stewart. Let's say you make all the moves that need to be made to build around a quarterback, and it turns out the guy stinks. You're sitting there with another Geno Smith or another Mark Sanchez or another Kellen Clemens, 
and you just spent two top 50 picks, three, three top 50 picks and 50 or $60 million in cap space, you take two or three years to find out the guy isn't any good, and you start all over again. And you're sitting there thinking, man, if only we had $90 million in cap space and three top 50 picks and a veteran quarterback like Kirk Cousins to sign, we could really do something special. Well, that time is here now, and that's the time to take advantage of it. And I'm looking at our board. It looks like we do have a caller, Dave. We're going to bring him on. He wants to talk a little bit about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Hi, Dave. How are you doing for? today? Okay, I, I I'm doing to, good, thanks. Of all, I, heard, I, I just heard that uh, Denver is going to lock up uh, Kirk Cousins. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I don't think he's going to end up with the Jets. I mean, I would love him, but if they don't get him, I want Josh Allen. I mean, I think well, they, they know, should have to that, trade that, up together. You know, yeah, addressing both of those. Um, and first of all, thanks, thanks for the call. They really appreciate it. I think the um, I did see that rumor from you know Colin Cowherd is saying that uh, Denver is close to a deal with Kirk Cousins. You right. know, this would have to be some type of situation where you know the Redskins have allowed him to talk to other teams and see what they would be willing to give up in compensation because of course free agency doesn't start till March 12th. At least that's the legal tampering period. Nobody can sign till the 14th right. after four o'clock. So nothing can be set in stone. But if the Redskins have allowed him, if the Redskins have basically said to him and his people. Alex Smith is our guy. Feel free to negotiate with other teams. And if the Broncos have come up with a package that they like, anything at this point is going to be tentative. And, and, and it's entirely possible. I've said, look, look, I want Kirk Cousins, and I had a conversation with somebody earlier today, and I said, listen, the, the, unfortunately for the Jets in this situation, the one thing you can't control is where Kirk Cousins wants to go. Because you can make him the offer of 28, 29, 30, 31 million a year. No matter what the offer is, you're going to have other teams in that same ballpark. Teams like Denver are going to free up money. What if they could get Jarvis Landry Landry to come to the Jets also, maybe to entice Cousins to to come? I mean, yeah, listen, I think, you know, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, listen. Anytime you're bringing in a free agent quarterback who wants, to, you know, who you're going to build around, those guys are going to they're going to want to know what your plan is. And I'm a big Jarvis Landry right. fan. You know, is he is he a guy that swings that pendulum and makes Kirk Cousins want to come to New York? Uh, you know, nobody right. knows that. You know, th- there was the talk earlier in the week that Jeremy Bates was, uh, you know, that, that Kirk Cousins is familiar with him and Kirk Cousins likes Jeremy Bates. But you have to take all that with a grain right. of salt because the NFL. Listen, it, it, it's a small world. All the, a lot of these guys know each other, and a lot of these guys speak highly of people they've okay. worked with previously. Just, just because okay, they have no reason question. not to. Sure. Okay. Now, let, let's say they, they, if Kirk Cousins goes to Denver or wherever or Cleveland or somewhere. Now, who who would you want them to draft? I, I think Josh Allen. Well, you know, here's the here's the the tricky thing about it. Josh Allen, you know, there's been talk of him maybe going number one overall to Cleveland. He's, he's, I, I don't, I think if you're going to take Josh Allen, I think basically the Christian Hackenberg pick prevents the Jets from being able to take Josh Allen. As a general manager, you well, can't gamble on another high risk guy with a super low completion percentage after you missed on one two years earlier. Um, it's not to say I don't think Josh Allen has the tools to be a good quarterback. I just think Mike McCagnan has to go with the safest pick he can at quarterback, and I don't think Josh Allen may have the highest upside, but I don't think he's the safest pick. So, I think that's a guy so like who's Baker the guy Mayfield. Then? So you like Baker well, Mayfield uh, then? Uh, well, again, I like a couple of these guys. I really do. You know, I, I, I like Josh Rosen a lot, but the thing that scares me about Josh Rosen, it's a weird combination, but he's a guy with a history of concussions, and just by chance, right. his father's a neurologist. Like, how many concussions is Josh Rosen going to have before his father says, look, look, kid, you've you got to step away from this. Like, I, I know more than any other player's dad out there. I, like, I work with this every day. The damage this does to your brain. And, and he comes from a wealthy family, and he's going to have a bunch of money in yes. the bank even if he only plays two years. So, so, so the, concu- the concussion history with him scares me. Sorry? So there's no perfect guy to draft because Sam Darnold will probably be gone. Yeah, I, I think they has gone at that point. I, I think I think the ideal situation for the Jets now is is sign Cousins, and if you can't get Cousins, you try to move up to three, 
and you know, and possibly even two. You know, the Giants. It might be a smokescreen with what they're saying, but every indication is that they want to give Eli a couple more years. Now that doesn't mean they don't want to take a guy at two to yeah, let Eli he, groom him. Yeah, but what would you have to give up? Sorry, go ahead. You probably have to give up. You probably have to give up next year's one. Uh, or I mean, 2019 one, and probably the first second first second round pick this year. Yeah, you know right, what? That, that you're probably right about that, but you have to look at it this way, and this is how I've looked at it since the season started. And there was the tank crowd, and the and the and the the, the pro tank and the anti tank crowd. And my view was, again, having said at the opening, watching this team for 31 years, I'm fed up with not having a quarterback. If it means giving up a couple of first rounders, go get a quarterback, because we see year in and year out that if you have one, you've always got a shot to win. If if giving up next, if it means that I can't get a great defensive tackle next year in round one, or a great corner year, you know, in round one next year, but I get a franchise quarterback this year, I can live with that. I'm right. completely fine with that. Yeah, but I, give I would up not the pick. Give up both, it, I would not give up both second I'm round sorry? picks this year. I would not do. That. I would not give up both second round picks. I want one of them. I, I, mean, I, I see what you're saying, and I, I, I mean, as a fan, of course, we want as many picks as we can as we can get. But he, again, year in and year out, when I watch teams, and I, I hate using the Pats as an example because they are such an exception. Because Brady and Belichick, what right. they do, you, you can't even compare anyone to them. But even if you just look oh, at like Pittsburgh with Roethlisberger and how you know they're constantly changing receivers, they're constantly moving parts, and they're always competitive. They're always in the hunt. And it just you every year you watch it and you go, damn it! If you have a quarterback, it can cover up for so many other deficiencies. And and this team right now, again, even even if they get a quarterback in round one, depending you know of course depending on what they do in free agency, they could be picking you know middle high end of round one next year. And if even if you lose that pick, to me having a finally having a franchise quarterback is worth it. Because I mean look look at the history. Imagine years ago if. if you know, of course, as a revisionist, you can't, you know, you can't go back and change things. But if, if, imagine if, and I'm not, not to pick on John Edzik, but imagine he'd said, you know what, I'll give up these two first rounders for a franchise quarterback. And all that would have meant is you don't have D. Milner and you don't have Sheldon Richardson. Guess what? You don't have those guys now anyway. One of them stunk and the other True. one got traded. I mean, we've seen so many bust first rounders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like I said, not to make it an Idzik thing, any GM, any Jets GM, whether it's Tannenbaum or, or Idzik or, right. or Mack right now. Right. It, it, listen, I, I have no problem with Jamal Adams. I like Jamal Adams a lot. But if you, if you were to tell me that, you know, you don't get Jamal Adams and you don't get Darren Lee, take Darren Lee and Jamal Adams, would you give those two guys up for a franchise quarterback? I would. Yeah, for, you know, for I Boston. would do that. Yeah, they What's should have well, well, hindsight they should have took Watson, but you you didn't know that. Yeah, you know, and I'm no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't a big fan of Watson. Not I didn't dislike him, but I didn't like him enough to take him right. that high. Um and that that's the problem nowadays right. when you talk with fans, whether it's on Twitter or on the forums on Jet Nation, the second you say I wouldn't take this guy, they put you in the you hate this guy category. And I didn't so, I never uh, hated Watson. All right, but what I would do is Sorry. I'll go to Cousins. I'll go to Cousins. Just tell him we're going to bring somebody else in, like Landry or Allen Robinson of Jacksonville. We're going to try and get one of those guys to come to entice them to come. I mean, I mean, plus we have yeah, and, and and that's the thing is every team, no matter who brings them in, everyone's going to have a sales pitch. Everyone's going to say, "Here's our long-term plan to build around you. We're going to give you this money. We're going to bring in these players." Here's what we're looking to do in the draft, and you want to make it as enticing a destination as possible. So whether or not it turns out to be, you know, um, whether or not Kirk Cousins decides to go to Denver or New York, you know, I've heard he's a small-town guy, and now that Denver's a small town, Denver's an awesome town. I love Denver. But it's not quite as big as New York, and it's it's probably a little bit easier to go in the suburbs of Denver and have a nice, quiet, chilled-out existence Right. And you know it can be done in New York. He can, you know, he can go to he can go to Westchester. You know, he can. <clears throat> there are places he can go and get a nice nice house and be secluded and have a quiet existence. But if he wants a bit late, you know, a bit more laid back, maybe Denver wins. And as much as I hate to say it, you know, Denver's got John Elway, and I think there's a, a certain allure to that. You know, a Hall of Fame quarterback with multiple rings. I think that's why Peyton went there. 
and I think that's why Cousins might go there. Yeah, and while Cousins is my first have, choice, one thing the Jets, one thing the Jets have is if he ever won with the Jets, he'd be a god. I mean, Denver has won that? a couple Sorry? times. I said uh, one thing the Jets have is if he ever won there with the Jets, he'd be he'd be they have a statue for him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that's one thing. I, that, that, that's a really good point. I always wonder how much that weighs on a quarterback's mind, on a free agent's mind. When you say, I can go to this team with a tradition with three, four, five, however many Super Bowls like Denver, or I can go to the Jets where they haven't won in a lifetime. And, and as you said, you would be a god there. If Kirk Cousins came to the Jets and won one or two Super Bowls, that, like, that's it. He would be, you know, he will have alleviated so much pain and suffering through the decades that he would never pay well, for a meal or a beer again in his life. Well, um, like, like whereas like in Denver, said, he would go, just be I, the third or fourth guy that won a ring. I would go all out and try to get him because, uh, like you said, there's, there's I, no college, well, there's no college quarterback that's a guarantee. Exactly, and that that's my point. I keep making a Jets fan. It's it's not that I don't want any of these young guys. It's that what if you take one of these guys and it's another Sanchez, it's another Gino, it's another Clemens. Like, you don't know. Nobody knows, and it's not a knock on anybody. I'm just, And it's not a knock on Mayfield. It's not a knock on Allen. It's not a knock on Rosen. It's not a knock on any of these guys. All I know, I, I like some of these guys. I watch them, and I think, wow, that guy does a lot of things well. I watch Baker Mayfield run around inside the pocket, outside the pocket, hit guys on the run, crazy accuracy. And I'm like, wow, everything I see in this guy tells me he should be good. But you know what? There have been a lot of players who me and professional Ozzie Newsom's missed on on eight or nine quarterbacks. John Elway is about right. to draft his third quarterback in five years and his second first rounder if he doesn't get Cousins. John Elway won Super Bowls, is in the Hall of Fame, won Super Bowls as a GM, and he can't oh, identify I, 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 a quarterback. Okay, what about A.J. McCarron if he ever became a free agent? Sorry, who? A.J. McCarron of the Bengals. Right now he's in some dispute about whether well, he, should, he should be a free agent or not. He'd be interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I liked him coming out, and I, I was hoping – if I'm not mistaken, he came out the year Idzik had 12 picks. And I said that year that I hoped Idzik would take one guy in the first three rounds, one guy in the middle rounds, and one guy in the late rounds because they needed someone that bad. And McCarron right. was kind of the guy – I hope will be the middle round guy. Um, I like him, but to me, he hasn't done enough to say. If he's willing to come in and compete against the rookie, I'm fine with that. I look at McCarron and kind of Teddy Bridgewater in the same light. If you want to bring one of those guys in for a low-end deal to compete for the starting job, heavily you know, uh, incentive-based deal, I'm fine with that. But not to, to bring him in as the starter and, not, and bring him in uncontested. True. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for <laughs> listening to me. Oh, absolutely. Thanks right. for calling. We really appreciate it. Uh, okay. Thanks for listening, and, right. uh, you know, okay. keep listening. Take care, man. All right, you too. T- take care, Glenn. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. All right, so we have another caller on the line right now. This is uh, another call about the quarterbacks, because let's face it, it's a hot issue with the Jets, and uh, the news today with, uh, with the Alex Smith trade is going to make it, sort of put it on the uh, on the front burner, as they say. This is, uh, this is Anthony, who wants to talk a little bit about quarterbacks. How you doing, Anthony? Hi, how you doing? Doing really good. Um, yeah. Doing really good. What do you got tonight? First of all, the Alex Smith trade was probably the best thing that could have happened to the Jets. It opened up. I didn't think Kirk was going to leave Washington to begin with. The way he was talking, it sounded like he was going to take either the franchise tag or they were going to work something out long long term. So, I mean, that, that helped us out big time. I think the Chiefs are – that was a highly questionable decision, to say the least. I don't know. I don't know how a 33-year-old Alex Smith is going to be leading that team, but I think for us to have the most success, like this is the season. This is finally the season that I think we're going to see us at least get a shot to get our guy for the future. You know, um, I think all the the rookie quarterbacks. I like Darnold and I like um, Rosen. Allen, I don't know. He's he reminds me of, like, a Christian Hackenberry, like you said. Baker, I like him. But, I mean, all these guys, it's like it's like you're getting a lottery ticket. You don't know what you're getting. With Kirk, you know you're getting a guy that can throw 30 touchdowns, and he can turn the franchise around. And it can, if, if we get Kirk, we can go best player available at six. Like, imagine if Saquon Barkley fell to us at six. We're looking at Kirk and Saquon. Yeah, listen, I've, I've made that exact point. I've said that exact post on Twitter. Um, 
you know, Cousins allows you – he gives you so much flexibility in the draft. Um, in all honesty, it, you know, it, it, a perfect world to me would be sign Kirk Cousins and Bradley Chubb is there at six, and you take him yeah. and get that edge rusher because this is a deep running back class. You can get a good running back in round. You, get, you take Bradley Chubb at one and then take Nick Chubb in the second round. I'd be fine with Definitely. that. You know, and, and, and Kirk Cousins under center, it just gives you so much flexibility versus the alternative, which is you're going to have to trade that one and probably both twos and possibly more to move up three spots to grab a quarterback. Then you get Baker Mayfield or whoever, you know, throw out whatever name you want. But then you, right. you don't get that elite edge rusher, you know, potentially elite edge rusher. Um, you don't no. get those second-round picks where you can build around it. And I say to people, would you rather have Kirk Cousins and or and you know and Bradley Chubb or um, or Saquon Barkley, and then still have your second rounders, or have as we agree have the lottery ticket with the third pick that you've spent the other picks on? And as I said earlier. If you go, if you make these moves, if you trade up, and you give up those picks, or even if you don't, even if you stay put, let's say you stay put and you take Baker Mayfield at six, and then you draft, you know, you draft a Billy right. Price in the second round, and then a Nick Chubb, and you spend fifty, sixty million in cap room, and then you spend two or three years trying to find out whether or not Baker Mayfield is good, and then it turns out he's not, and you don't have the cap space anymore, and you've spent the draft picks. And now you're back to square one of trying to build something. You would be you right. would be looking back and thinking, man, remember how great it was when we had the sixth pick and a chance to sign Kirk Cousins and a chance at ninety million in cap space. You, there, I can't think of a time in my life when the Jets were in a better position to make a move to dramatically over improve overnight. You know, and exactly. and that's why that's why one of my big questions is, and I posted this on Twitter a little while ago. To, uh, to my followers, none of which I paid for. Um, I posted on Twitter a while ago, as a Jets fan, would you rather sit still at six and just say, look, we're going to take the best quarterback that's there. We would love to have you know, Mayfield or Darnold, but if it's Lamar Jackson or if it's Josh Allen, we're going to take whoever it is and move forward right. and, you know, and use our additional picks, or are we going to take three, four, five picks and package those to move up and get a guy that we find that we have rated higher. I, I honestly couldn't I, – I can see – I would be able to see the – I, I could understand the approach either way, no matter what they do. But the bottom well, line is – McCagnin's fighting for his job at this point. If the guy doesn't do something, and, I mean, that if we don't get Kirk, you have to take somebody at six or move up. Like yeah, and it's it's not even it's not even debatable. And I you know I had this argument many times with Jets fans during the season, who were in favor of tanking. You know, let's tank, let's tank. And I can't, I I understand the mentality, and I say that I was you know when I was younger I felt the same way, but now I kind of look at it. I said you know what I don't you can't expect players to tank. They're not going to go out and lose on right. purpose. The players are going to go out and play. And and if, if if you're gonna win zero games, that tells me no one's developing and no one's playing well. I want some of the young kids to develop and come along and win some games and then it's on McCagnin and that's what it is right now. Right. And you said it I mean, we his job is on the line. He cannot come out of this he cannot come out of this off season and not have a new quarterback. It just cannot have I'm a big Mike McCagnin supporter. I've defended a right. lot of the moves he's made. If he doesn't get a quarterback this off season, then he's got to be, you know, right up there on the chopping block to go. I agree completely. And people underestimate our cap situation. I don't think – how much do we have now? I think we have like $79 million without cutting Mo Wilkerson. And uh, I think we're going to have around like 100 mil. Like, if we go sign a bunch, of, a bunch of weapons for Kirk before he signs, I don't see any re- – like the only team that could offer him as much money as we can is the Browns. And like you just said, they literally went 0-16. They showed no progression. I mean, I hate to say it, but they're in Cleveland. We're in New York. I mean, I, the only teams I see as threats to sign Kirk are obviously the Broncos and maybe the Cardinals if they can clear up cap space. I think they have a good shot at it. I, I, really, I, I, I mean, Washington's eliminated. I think the thing is, because the way, you know, today's NFL – GMs and executives have become so savvy that you can't rule out a team that wants him 
just finding a way to clear the cap space to get him. I think it's premature to say only these three or four or five teams can afford him. There are other teams. If they okay. want him, and, and I said, like, we all know the quarterback is the thing. If you've got to cut two or three starters to get a quarterback, it's worth your while. And if I'm Kirk Cousins, as much as I hate to say it, if my number one priority is winning, then I'm, I'm waiting for a call from the Jaguars, and I'm waiting for a call from the Vikings. Because those teams yeah, are ready Vi- to win the now. Vikings are, that would be the team for him to go. I think the, Jag- the Jaguars said they were going to stick with uh, Bortles, I think. And I don't blame him. He's young. He, he performed in the playoffs, regardless of what people think about him. He, he did. He did. But he's just he's, – I don't he's – he's basically – he's an okay-ish quarterback on an elite defense. I mean, the right. Jaguars may very well have a top-five defense for the next six or seven years. Where if I'm Blake oh, Borders, I look at them and go, you know what? I could win. I could win a couple of rings there. Like and, and feel pretty good about. It. Like nobody knows. He may never win a ring, but he can look at Jacksonville and go, I got That gives me the best chance to win a couple of rings. But again, we don't know what his priorities are. If it's money, then the Jets have a better shot because even though you know, social media and the way things have advanced over the years, New York is no longer the only place you can come or the place to come to make money. But there's right. still that slightly larger profile. There's still that, you know, just just the the numbers alone, the population. It it gives you the, that exposure to that much larger of an audience. But right. that, I, mean, I don't think that carries the weight it once did. But I think that you know Kirk Cousins, you know, we don't know what his priorities are. Scott McClellan, his former GM, came out recently and said, I, he said, I guarantee you, Kirk Cousins has a list of every single team in the league, who their coordinator right. is, who their quarterback coach is, who their GM is. And yeah, that, you know, and that's smart. that's where you have to wonder: is that why Todd Bowles is looking at promoting Jeremy Bates because Cousins right. thinks highly of him? Right. It's uh, uh, it's a fair Mike question, Shanahan? but you know, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. What'd you say? Who uh, who just came out and praised Bates? I think it was Mike Shanahan. He said he was calling the plays. Mike Shanahan's like an offensive guru. He was he was a great offensive he, he coach. Is, he is, and I would I you know he did, but. I would take that with a grain of salt because, as I said earlier, it's a small league, and these guys gen- generally talk each other up. You know, it it kind of reminded me of when Rex Ryan used to say, you know, sometimes I let Mike Pettin call the, the defensive plays. Was it Just because you let right. Mike Pettin call some plays when you're up by 28 points doesn't mean he's, he's on par with a guy with a resume like that. So, yeah, I'm sure there were times when Mike Shanahan let Jeremy Bates call the plays, and as a friend he's going to say some nice things about him in the media – but to me, unless you've got that title of offensive coordinator and we know you're the guy calling the plays, like he was in Seattle where he did it for one year and he did not fare well at all, um, right. I take it with a grain of salt. He may be right. Listen, Jeremy Bates may be the next big thing. I don't know. Nobody knows. He's got to be better you know, than Schottenheimer. One year is hardly enough to – what's that? He's got to be better than Schottenheimer, hopefully. <laughs> or whoever. Oh, I mean, oh, Schottenheimer. It's you know how that guy keeps getting work is beyond me, but um, you know he, I mean, he was I quite think, a disaster. But I think it's smart. Yeah, sorry. He's a smart hire because he he reminds me. I mean, it doesn't remind me of him, but he's young. He's a QB girl. He's like Sean McVay at uh, L.A. I mean, I'm not comparing him to him at all. Like we'll see. He's just a young guy. He's he's a quarterback background. I think it was a good. I think it was definitely a good hire, and it was it definitely improved our shot at Kirk. But I I answered the question. If we don't go out and get Kirk, let's just say he signs with the Broncos, so they don't need a quarterback, would you stay put and try to take Baker, or would you try to move up with the Colts possibly? Maybe if the Giants pass on Rosen or Darnold. If if one of those two guys are don't go top two, I think it's inexcusable not to go up and get either Rosen or Darnold. Darnold is, Darnold is going to be – He's big, he's accurate. He has the turnover issues. I get it. There's no perfect quarterback, but if if every if, if it doesn't work out with Kirk or it doesn't work out with, I mean, whoever else, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I mean, I'm not all for one of the mediocre guys in the free agency class. I think it'll just end up being another like the count. I'm tired of it. I need I need a long term solution. That's that's all I'm looking for in out of this off season. And I think it's finally gonna happen. I'm excited. Yeah, and that, that's the thing, you know, and that's what I've been saying all along. And as, as I said earlier, you know, there are people who are saying that by wanting Kirk Cousins, it's another quick fix, which I completely disagree with. Um, a quick fix isn't a guy who gives you five, six, seven years. A quick fix yeah. is Brett Favre at age 34, 35, 36. A quick right. fix is Ryan Fitzpatrick at, you know, whatever age he was. 
Um, it, it's, it's, he's kind of in the middle. It's, it's not ideal, but you know what? It's a guy where you're not going to have to draft him and, and wait three or four years to find out if he's good, wait for him to develop. Like, he's ready to go now. He possibly, if he stayed here and performed for five years, he has a shot at becoming our second best quarterback ever. Like, <laughs> we've, we've had such trash luck. It's, it's, it's tragic. I don't know. This yeah, I mean, let, something's up with let, it. let's be realistic. If he plays well for five years and wins a Super Bowl, he becomes our best quarterback ever. I mean, Absolutely. It, I mean, as much as we love Joe Namath for what he did here, you know, it was his success was short lived. You know, he, he had a couple a lot of good seasons, and his knees went. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it was a different era, and you know, a lot of guys threw picks back then, and I get that. But <clears throat> but his knees gave out. He didn't do a whole lot after that ring. So I love the guy. You know, any any real Jets fan, you can't not love Joe Namath. But um, but unfortunately, that you know, it, it's nice that he he was part of you know one of the biggest upsets in sports history. But that's right. You know, I heard somebody say it once, and as much as it sucks to say it, it's it's kind of true. Like the Jets are a team with a one-game identity. Like that 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 was it. It, it, it. You know, he didn't do a ton before that. He didn't do a ton after. If Kirk Cousins right. came here and was a top five or ten QB for five or six years and won a ring, you could say he's the best quarterback we've had. Um, which is kind Absolutely. of a sad state, really, for the Jets. But <laughs> but I don't I don't know how you could not be on board with it. I don't know how you can say, no, let's draft somebody. Why would we spend money? On a quarterback, and I look at it, I'm like, how how many bad quarterbacks do we have to draft? And it's and it's, it's not that I'm against taking one. If you don't get Cousins, by all means, draft one. And that was the other part of your question: Do you trade up? Absolutely. The, the Indianapolis Colts at three, they kind of control the fate of this draft because, you know, they don't without knowing, assuming they believe Andrew Luck is going to be healthy, you know, going off that assumption, and we don't know. Right. But assuming they think Luck's going to be healthy, they're the first team on the board that's not looking for a quarterback. And, you know, God right. forbid, let's say that the, the Browns or Giants, and, and I, I, I threw something out there earlier today, just, just kind of a random thought, and just because, you know, you look at the Browns and everything they've been through, and, you know, this, of course, would work, uh, well, it could work to the Jets' advantage if they were to trade up to three. But if I'm the Browns, having taken Miles Garrett last year, maybe maybe I take Bradley Chubb at number one, and then the best quarterback left on the board at four, because then I still right. have a franchise quarterback, and I have two elite young pass rushers that can give offensive coordinators nightmares. And now, listen, to win in this league, you got to be able to pass. You got to be able to stop the pass. And if you get two elite right. pass rushers, that. I wouldn't be upset with that as a Browns fan. If you told me you're going to go into next year with Bradley Chubb, Miles Garrett, and, and uh, you know, whatever quarterback you take it for, Baker Mayfield or whoever, I'd be pretty happy right. about that. So Absolutely. But, but either way, let's say, let's say the Browns do what's expected. They could take, take quarterback at one, Giants take one at two, and the Jets, if you don't get Cousins in free agency, you better be doing everything you can to get up to three. As much as it Absolutely. sucks, as much as I would love – as much as I would love to get a free agent quarterback and have all my picks, that's the, the, the perfect world scenario. But if that doesn't happen, you've got to do what you've got to do to move up. And I think, you right. know, I, think uh, I speak for all Jets fans when I say that we're, we're fed up with, with terrible, you know, mediocre quarterback play that we've, we've put up with for far too long. Absolutely. And, I mean, we're sitting here talking about this. We have, I mean, what is it, two more months until anything can really happen? Like, it's all, it's all speculation. Like, you know, like, we're all excited. But we we really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, no, we we don't. And I I told I told somebody today. I messaged a good friend of mine. I said, I said, listen, I need to find a new hobby because I've I've never been this excited about free agency, and uh, I'm going to have to find something to occupy my mind because what is it? Uh, March. I, I said it earlier. March 12th is when the legal tampering window opens up, and March 14th, 4 p.m. is when free agents can start to sign. It is January 31st, so we are literally six weeks away, and it's going to feel like about six years because there's going to be uh, plenty of talk, like months. speculation, rumors. Um, but listen, Anthony, it, it looks to be uh, it's shaping up to be a fun off season. If Mike McCagney right. can get it done, if McCagney can't get it done, he's got to be, you know, he's got to be on the hot seat. Right. One last thing. Uh, one of my buddies actually, um, that, I don't know, he went golfing and he saw John Elway. First thing he said to John Elway was, Sir, please don't take Josh Allen ahead of us. He said that because he he's a big Baker Mayfield fan. I thought that was funny. Yeah, well, listen, you know, he, the, thing with, the thing with Elway and Allen, if, if you look back, like, and I, I don't care what anybody says, this will play a role. 
You can't tell me John Elway doesn't look at Josh Allen and think, that's me. Huge, you know, 6'4", 6'5", guy, strongest arm in the world, and, and escapability in the pocket. Now, he has better escapability than Elway. But Elway in his right. day, for his, as immobile as quarterbacks were, Elway could move. Elway could run better than most quarterbacks could in his time. And I think sometimes right. these GMs look at young guys that remind them of themselves and think, you know what, I didn't complete a high percentage of my passes earlier in my career, and I got better, and I can make this guy great. And maybe he can. But I, I right. wouldn't be shocked if Elway took Josh Allen, if he was there at five, if they don't get Kirk Cousins. I hope so. All right, thank you for having me. I got, I got to head out. Thank you so hey, much. Hey, thank you for calling. Take care, man. So a couple callers there talking quarterback, which we thought might be the case tonight because, again, let's face it, it's been the number one topic for uh, for quite a while in, in the land of the New York Jets. And with this uh, news today of this trade, it uh, it goes right back to the forefront. <clears throat> a lot of people speculating. Jason Lockhanfora, uh say about him what you will. Um he said earlier, he, you know, he sees that uh, it, it's going to be hard for teams to match what the Jets are going to be able to offer. Again, I disagree with that. I think there are teams with enough cap space to sign him, and I think there are teams that will be able to create enough cap space to sign him. And in this league, it's all about winning. And if I'm the Vikings or the Jaguars, I am doing everything I can to clear enough space to make a run at that guy. And if I'm Kirk Cousins, as much as I want to, you know, if winning is my top priority – I'm going to look at Jacksonville and say that, you know, that's where I'm going. If, because the money, as I said, the money is going to be the same across the board. You're going to have a bunch of teams offering him somewhere between 27 and 31 or $32 million a year, and he's going to get it somewhere, um, and it's not going to be – no one's going to blow anybody out of the water. So all the offers are going to be around the same money. It's going to come down to where he wants to live, where he wants his family, and whether or not he wants to win. So – if he's a small-town guy and he doesn't want New York, listen, bring him up to Scarsdale. Show him that there's a nice, you know, show him that you don't have to be hours and hours outside the city to have a nice life, that uh, there are some nice places in New York that you can live and uh, and raise a family and not have any issues. Like I said earlier, you know, all over Westchester. Bring him out to Dobbs Ferry, New York, you know, show him some nice houses. There's uh, There's places to be had for guys like him that want to raise a family. And who knows what happens. As I said, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be an ex- it's going to be an exciting season, off season for Jets fans. Um, of course, it will take a pretty dramatic downturn. It, you know, if they don't get Kirk Cousins when that becomes official, um, if it becomes official, that's going to be a, a bitter pill to swallow. But you still have to go out. You, you still have to try to get a guy like Teddy Bridgewater or McCarron, somebody to you know, a legitimate guy to that you hope will be your backup. And then you make some deals. And as unfortunate as it is, because, yes, we do want all our picks and we do want to be able to, you know, wheel and deal and, and make some moves and acquire multiple young guys. But if, the, if, if you've got to trade your first and a couple seconds and next year's first in order to get a franchise quarterback, you have to do it. Mike McCagden cannot go into the next season with another a Josh McCown-type quarterback as his starter in year four. Like, the, it, you know, time's getting short for him. Uh, me, me personally – you know, I gave him a pass for the first couple seasons only because, you know, year one they won 10, which surprised everybody. Year two they tried to capitalize. It all fell apart. Issues in the locker room. Fitz didn't get it done. So then they said, all right, we got to blow this thing up. You know, we got to start over from the ground. We inherited a garbage roster from John Idzik. We tried to improve it. We did get better. But we didn't. we weren't good enough. So let's start all over again. And that's what they did. And that was this year, 5-11. and 11. More, One more game than most people expected. Um, the team was better than than what a lot of people expected. And really, let's face it, if not for some fourth quarter meltdowns, it could have been better. So they're not as far off as people think. You know, they, they have some good pieces to build around. If they could just stop getting themselves arrested and, uh, and things of that nature, that would be absolutely fantastic if we could stay out of jail. Um, a tall order for this team at times, it seems. So uh, it can be frustrating, but... The deal is done for Smith. Now, now that means Cousins is going to shake loose. So, let's talk briefly. That's enough about the quarterbacks for now. If anybody wants to call in and talk quarterbacks, I'm, I'm happy to get back to that. But as Joe and I say, uh, whether it's a podcast, a blogger, whether it's a mainstream radio, an ESPN, an FAN, 
they spend so much time on quarterbacks that it gets a little bit nauseating. Like, it is the most important position on the field, but there are other positions, there are other players, there are other areas that need to be addressed, especially for this team. So a couple names to throw out there that Jets fans should be familiar with that, that you know you could see the team pursue uh, this off season again with all this with all this free agent money. One that I haven't heard mentioned really at all. Haven't heard anybody bring up this name, and uh, and he may be franchised. There's a, there's a good possibility, you know, that that he won't be available on the market. But uh, I look at a guy like Andrew Norwell, left guard at a in a, from Carolina with the Panthers, who really you know has had himself a nice couple years. And you look at how much James Carpenter struggled this past off this past season, and you look at the fact that if the Jets let him go, the Jets cut ties with James Carpenter. It's actually a net savings. It's a $2 million cap hit, roughly, with a $4 million savings. Uh, you take that $4 million and a little bit more of your, uh, the, the $80, $90 million you're going to have, and you bring in Norwell to play, to play the left guard spot, and you hope, you hope, you don't know, but you hope that Brian Winters bounces back from a subpar season, which he, you know, we, we, we learned he was playing with that torn abdomen. If he returns to form, to being a you know average to above average guard, and then you had Norwell on the left side who plays at an elite level, and then Kelvin Beecham on you know on his on his left side, who played quality not great but good enough you can live with him. You go Beecham Norwell at left left tackle left guard, Winters and then Shell and or Quale at, at right tackle, um, and maybe even somebody else you know maybe maybe bring another guy there, and then of course at center, that would be the next position. I would say that this team needs to look at, and I don't think that's any big secret. The uh, the center position has been a a total disaster for them. But uh, you know, look right across the uh, right across MetLife, uh, Weston Richburg, another center center for the Giants, who had a he's a he's a solid player. He's not elite, and he allows you to to plug a hole that you know that, that you need to you need to get shored up because let's face it, um, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to beat that dead horse anymore. But uh, Wesley Johnson was terrible this season, and if you can bring a guy like that in, now all of a sudden this, you know, what was a weakness, the O line, goes from being, you know, absolutely terrible to to a pretty good unit. You know, not great. I think Brandon Shell, as much as I like him and as, as much as I've spoken about him, in, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, he, a little bit weak in, in in the run game. His run blocking isn't quite where you'd want it to be. But at the same time, he's a guy you could live with. You know, you get you're not going to overhaul an entire roster in one off season. You know, step by step, you give him another year, see how he comes along. I think that, you know, that, that would that would set you up on the O line to be pretty good, adding a center. And if not, listen, if you don't get a Richburg, you try to get Jansen from Baltimore. If you don't get him, then then you have to address it in the draft. And by all accounts, this is a fairly decent or not fairly pretty darn good. Uh, Draft class in terms of centers. Yeah, there's Billy Price. You got Billy Price. You got Frank Ragnow. You got Allen out of Michigan State. There's uh, there's probably there's several guys. You know, uh, Isaiah Wynn's a guy. Yeah, I mean he won't be there now. He's he's absolutely exploded. He just just by chance he was one of the first players I I watched film on this year, um, and he was you know he, he jumped out at me as being a really good player, and uh, weren't a lot of people talking about him until this uh, this Senior Bowl where he just went out and dominated. And now, now he's being talked about as a possible first rounder. He played tackle in college, and you know a lot of people say he'll kick into a guard or center once he moves to the NFL. So he's a guy who probably won't be there. But again, that doesn't mean there aren't some really good centers available in this draft. So you know, there more more than uh more than a couple options for the Jets there. Ideally, again, it would be filled through free agency and used to draft to address the. The uh, you know those elite positions, the left tackles, the centers, the, or the sorry, the left tackles, the corners, the pass rushers. Um, that you know that's that's the situation you, you would most like to be in, because there are some pretty decent corners to be had, and you'd much rather get a, a good corner and be able to get yourself a center in free agency. So I think that'll be a big target for the Jets, and I don't think that's any big secret that uh, that's going to be what they're looking at. One of the one of the many things they'll be looking at in free agency. Um, at, you know, in terms of the you know an edge rusher in free agency, those guys rarely free up. You just the teams tend to not let those guys go. I've heard people say, you know, um, is there any chance that you know Demarcus Lawrence gets freed up out of Dallas? I don't think that happens. I think that we're going to see Dallas 
franchise tag him if they have to. I don't think they're going to be in a position to let him go. Um, <clears throat> so Jets fans that are hoping to see him, you know, to see Demarcus Lawrence added as a pass rusher, I just don't see that as a, a really as a realistic option. But another guy who who should be at the you know may, maybe really the top of their free agent list behind Kirk Cousins, of course, um, Kyle Fuller, you know, cornerback out of Chicago, played the last couple of years with the Bears. Young guy, he's had some injuries, but still a really good player. And the Bears are in a bit of a bind because they've got uh, Prince Mukamara and Kyle Fuller at corner. So if they choose to franchise one, that's fine, but you can't franchise both. So unless they reach a long-term deal with one and franchise the other, then I don't see how they can uh, how they can prevent one of them from leaving because, you know, again, uh, it, it's, it's a premier position, corner, and that's almost a, a downside. When you have two guys playing at a high level and they hit free agency at the same time, you know, can you afford to spend thirty, forty million on a couple of corners? You know, I, I don't see that being a realistic option. And you know, the Bears, the Bears, they're going to have a decent amount of cap space. Um, at the moment, I think they'll be sitting on about forty million, which is fine. But uh, is that really enough to to dedicate a ton of cap space to to a pair of corners? I don't think it is. I think they're going to have to let somebody walk, whether they like it or not. And the Jets, you know, should obviously. Try to play that to their benefit. It's it's an area of weakness. It's a spot that they need to address. Um, obviously, the safety spots are shored up, but the corners have to be fixed. I think that Morris Claiborne, even if you bring him back, it's got to be on a short deal. It's got to be on an incentive-laden deal, whether or not he's willing to sign that or maybe another team that's desperate for a corner offers him more, offers him more guaranteed money. I don't think he's a guy you break the bank for, but at the same time, the cupboard is bare at corner. Justin Burris was a disappointment. Buster Screen is too inconsistent. Morris Claiborne, even though he played 14, 15 games, he's you know his career dictates, you know, tells you that you can't rely on that happening again. So I don't see how the Jets can go into the season, um, even if they do bring him in. You know you you can't say that uh, you, you can't ignore that position. You've got to you've got to bring in multiple bodies, be it you know whether it's one or two guys in free agency and somebody in the draft. However you approach it, you've got to you've got to be aggressive. And uh, I think that, you know, Jets fans should be hoping to see that Kyle Fuller is, is near the top of that list. I think he's a really good player. I think he'd fit well in Todd Bowles' system. So definitely a name that, you know, worth keeping an eye on. As far as running backs, this is, this is a little bit of a, you know, a, 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 a weird position because so many of these guys burn out so quickly, so young. You know, they, they, you know, they say it's a young man's position. Get yourself a young college guy who's going to come in and run for you for four or five years before you see that, that, that downward turn in production. Um, but there are some guys out there, you know, Jeremy Hill, but he's a guy who's already had some injuries. Jeremy Hill from Cincinnati. Um, Carlos Hyde's another possibility. And, you know, it also depends on how the Jets really feel about Elijah McGuire and Bilal Powell. You know, by all, you know, everybody expects Matt Forte to be gone as he should be, let him move on and, and go somewhere where he believes he can contend faster than the Jets are are going to be able to. And even if they turn it around, he's he's not part of the future. So you look at a guy like Carlos Hyde, you know, good back, strong running back. He's had some injuries, though, as well, um, as well as uh, Jeremy Hill. But as far as addressing that position, this draft is pretty strong. This is a, a, a really strong running back class. I don't think that anybody can. Uh, I don't think anybody can just assume that you know. As I said earlier, I would have no issues with Saquon Barkley at six, but I don't think you assume that because let's face it, if you can get a pass rusher or a corner at six, you can still get a pretty darn good running back, you know, in round two with one of your second round picks, maybe in, maybe even in round three. Um, I mentioned Nick Chubb as a possibility, somebody I've liked for a couple of years now. Uh, got dinged up a couple of years ago. Played really well last season. And there are, you know, several names that could come up for the Jets, um, you know, in trying to in trying to address the running back position because Bilal Powell is going to be 30, and as I've said many times on the show, he's he doesn't quite have the the mileage that most 30 year olds do. He had a light workload in college. He was neglected in in the pros for a little while as a guy who just got spot duty, so he doesn't quite have the carries that your average 30 year old back would. But he's still a 30 year old back, so you have to address that and hopefully bring on a guy who's got a little bit more power. Um, in his in his game, and that would be a guy like Hill or Hyde or Chubb, you know, if you, if you decide to go the rookie route. 
So those are just a few names to keep an eye on. You know, there will be many, many others because, let's face it, the Jets have a lot of work to do and they have a lot of money to, you know, to make it happen. You know, do they do they go after a, a Nate Solder? You know, if if they do bring in a left tackle, let's say hypothetically they draft a left tackle or they sign one, don't forget, you know, some people may not realize this, that, you know, Kelvin Beecham, he was a right tackle previously. Um, is he overpaid for a right tackle? Probably. He probably makes a little more money than you'd like for a middle-of-the-road starting right tackle. But, listen, you got to do what's best for this team. And if you can bring in a left tackle who can give you an upgrade at that position – and then you tell Calvin Beecham you're going to let him compete on the right side with Brandon Shell, may the best man win, then, you know, the, the unit as a whole gets better. Brandon Shell becomes a backup. Or Calvin Beecham, well, I mean, God, you can't pay him what he's making to be a backup. I'd take that back. But, uh, there, you know, there are a few different options here. And there are a lot of different guys that can be brought in. And, again, they're in a, the Jets are in a good spot to do that, and they, they can't neglect this offensive line. They've brought in some guys, but Mike McCagden really hasn't done enough on the O-line to – to, to build anything sustained. I mean, he did bring in Carpenter, who played at a very high level for two years. Last year really fell off. Of course, he re-signed Winters, which, you know, didn't work out because of the injury. He re-signed Wesley Johnson, which was, to me, uh, re-signing Wesley Johnson wasn't the worst thing in the world. Not drafting a, a, a more highly thought-of center, was that was a pretty bad idea. I really thought an Ethan Posick or somebody like that should have been brought in to compete. And then if they would have won that job, you could have let Wesley Johnson go with no cap hit. And uh, you have a young starting center to build around on the O-line. Didn't happen that way. Didn't quite pan out the way uh, I would have preferred. But, listen, you know, there's you make a million moves a year, it seems. Some of them work. Some of them don't. McCagnin's had some great moves. He's had some terrible moves. Of course, Hackenberg tops the list of terrible moves. Um, the, the Sheldon deal at the moment looks like a stroke of genius. And uh, But, it, again, it's all going to come down to the quarterback, and if they can't fix that, none of what we're talking about, thinking about, pontificating, if you will, none of that will matter. It's all about what you can do, um, or, or at least for Mike McCagney in this offseason, it's all about what he can do with the quarterback spot. So um, that's just covering a few free agents. You know, we have we have several weeks and months to, to cover these things. I'm not going to go too in-depth tonight because I do want to – take the opportunity to bounce some of these thoughts and ideas off of uh, my co-host, Joe Blewett, who is, uh, you know, pounding away at the moment that uh, getting this, getting his, his police academy work done. So if you're tuning in late, that's why Joe's not on tonight. He's got some, uh, he's got some, some uh, police academy homework to get knocked out. And uh, before we go, as I mentioned at the top, you know, we'd probably do a short show tonight a little bit, you know, maybe an hour, maybe a little bit over. So we're sitting right about at an hour right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, don't want to get too deep into the draft because, again, we're going to hit that quite a bit um, in the coming weeks to where, you know, we think back to last year, and honestly, by the time the draft rolled around, we were we were pretty sick of talking about it. But uh, I want to talk about some, some potential sleepers. You know, everybody everybody likes talking about the big names, the big guys, and the, the folks that everybody's talking about, and uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's nice to, to to look a little deeper at guys that you know that not every that aren't making they're not grabbing the headlines, but maybe they're doing something to to get people's attention. Be it at the East West Shrine Game or the Senior Bowl or whatever it may be. But uh, we'll do one one offensive guy to keep an eye on and one defensive guy to keep an eye on. Obviously, looking at positions of need for the Jets. Um, one guy that, that jumped out at me from what I've read, from what little film I've been able to find on him, is uh, Michael Joseph. Small, small school guy out of, uh, what is it, Dubuque, uh, Division Three guy. And he actually got an invite to the Senior Bowl. Phil Savage, former uh, Browns executive, bounced around the league with a few different, in a few different uh, capacities, has taken over running the Senior Bowl. And, uh, he was uh, he was happy to extend an invite to Michael Joseph at corner, and he's a guy that he got some rave reviews. Uh, excuse me, during his week down in Mobile, um, and showed that he you know he hung in there against some of the tougher matchups, some of the some of the higher rated receivers that he played. Reportedly did a nice job against the uh, playing the deep ball, looked solid underneath, and uh, 
and he's a guy. He's not. He's not the biggest guy. I'm actually. Uh, I was looking at him earlier. Lost the measurements. I looked those up. But uh, but as I as I discussed earlier, you know, cornerback is a, a position that the Jets can't afford to neglect, and I don't think they will. I think that the you know the the early round picks are either going to be traded or or spent on a a, court, a quarterback, and that's going to leave the Jets in a spot where they're going to have to find a you know some some quality corners a little bit later. You know whether it's round two, three, four, whatever it may be. But if you can get a guy, you know, if you can get a guy like Michael Joseph, who again is is really kind of making a name for himself, then I think he's a guy you can't you, you can't overlook. He runs a he's expected to run a a decent forty time somewhere in the mid four fours. He's not a not a huge guy. He's got good he's got good prototypical size. Um, he's right around six foot. No, here okay here we go. Yeah, so he's six one. Um, or at least that's you know that's what some sites are reporting. I, I don't have his uh, senior bowl, his senior bowl numbers here, but six one one eighty six out of Dubuque. Michael Joseph, a corner to keep an eye on for uh, for those looking for the you know the, the draft diamonds, the deep dives, the guys that aren't jumping off the, uh, the scouting report and they're not grabbing all the headlines right now. Uh, another guy, we'll, we'll go with, we'll go with a, a pair of small school guys because again we're looking at sort of mid late rounders. Not to say those guys can't move up the board, but uh, they don't have the, uh, the 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 competition on film against top top prospects, so it's a little tougher for them. But one guy I looked at that I liked, he did. He looked like he struggled a little bit in the Senior Bowl. Gave up a sack, um, a couple of pressures, but in terms of a developmental guy um, who has just at perfect size for the position, Brandon Parker at left tackle. I really like Brandon Parker. Uh, some really small school guy, North Carolina A&T. That's where he went to school, but earned all kinds of accolades, tons of accolades. Uh, wingspan came in at something something ridiculous, 85 inches or somewhere in there. He weighed in right around 300 pounds, and he comes in. I want to see 6'6", 6'7". I think he weighed in at 302 or 303. Uh, like I said, 80-some-inch wingspan, 85-inch, I want to say, wingspan, 35-inch arms, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this is all off the top of my head. I was taking notes earlier, um, so I apologize if I'm off uh, off by on some of the measurements. But he's basically huge guy. Got got high, you know, high praise coming out of the Senior Bowl. Struggled a little in the game, but part of that again, he played left tackle his entire college career. They moved him over to the right tackle a little bit in the Senior Bowl. He played left and right tackle. He played both spots. High character guy uh, by all accounts. And uh, we're trying to line something up with him to get him on the show or do an interview with him, something along those lines. But definitely a player to keep an eye on because, let's face it, as I said earlier, even you know, even even with the Jets trying to sh- giving Kelvin Beach and the deal they gave him, he's around for another couple years at the very least because of his cap hit. So he's not going anywhere. But the Jets do need to bring somebody in to groom. Brandon Parker is currently considered a, sort of a third, fourth rounder. Um, Again, prototypical size. A lot of guys you hear about, you know, you see these 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 high-performing left tackles in college, but you often hear, you know, he's going to move inside in the pros. You know, lacks prototypical height, lacks prototypical wingspan. Um, you know, arms are too short. You know, he's too short. Whatever it may be, but uh, in terms of size, he, he takes all the boxes. He's got really good feet, but uh, he, you know, obviously not ready to be a, a day one guy coming out of a small school. I've seen a couple people say he could climb to the first round. I guess it's not – it's maybe a little bit far-fetched because, let's face it, every year, you know, if you follow every every draft analyst on Twitter and whether it's ESPN or Bleacher Report, you know, by the end of the – by the time the draft comes, they've listed 150 guys who could sneak into the first round. Um, so it, it almost becomes – it's just – it becomes a, a, a pointless exercise at some point. So I've seen that – People feel like Brandon Parker has the intangibles and you know and the measurements to sneak into the first round. I think he would have to have an off the charts combine in order for that to happen. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't go in round two or three. Uh, and I wouldn't mind seeing the Jets grab him there at all, uh, especially if he checks out well in his interviews and has himself a good combine. So there's a couple guys for you to keep an eye on. You know, like I said, Michael Joseph, cornerback out of Dubuque, Brandon Parker, left tackle out of North Carolina A&T. Uh, both senior bowl, both did some some good things, and uh, both coming out of really small schools. 
So that uh, gives us the opportunity to wrap up tonight. We'll have done uh, what we're looking at about a little over an hour. Um, We talked some Alex Smith. We talked some Kirk Cousins. We talked a little bit about free agency and a couple of draft sleepers without, as I said, I don't want to sit here and go through, you know, 10, 15 guys because uh, this stuff's a lot better when uh, when we can bounce it off each other, Joe and I, and uh, and go back and forth on on you know where this team needs to go and and what players are available. So, for those of you tuning in, we really really appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to future episodes again back on the uh, the video version when uh, you know once we're able to get together and make that happen and uh, provide you guys with some more content. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I will not be paying you. Uh, you can just follow me at AceFan23. That's A-C-E-Fan23. And <clears throat> excuse me. And you can follow Joe Blewett uh, at JoeRB31. At JoeRB31, Joe Blewett, myself at AceFan23. Please check out the forums on Jet Nation, JetNation.com, the most active forums on the internet. And uh, it gets a little bit crazy in there. Uh, don't take it personal. We're all Jets fans. Uh, well, some better than others, but we are all Jets fans. We uh, all want the same thing for this team to succeed. And thank you once again for tuning in. Hope you do so again next week when it's the two of us. And have a great night. And here's to hoping that uh, we are only six weeks away from, from Kirk Cousins signing on the dotted line with Gang Green. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.